people in this Hey guys, check this out. I am officially now sponsored by Dubby. Dubby is a clean energy drink made to give you focus with no crash. If you guys are like me, you're always needing a burst of energy, especially with one with no crash. Dubby contains vitamins, amino acids, a nootropic, and 150 milligrams of caffeine. It keeps me awake with no jitters, guys. Check it out. Merch link is in the bio. Dubby. Are you ready? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime. It's time for the Alliance Guys Podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, Jaden, DKM, and Jay Cal. Talk about NWA Power. That's part of the show, but I promise not to keep it too long. We're gonna go short and sweet tonight and try to please, get Dave, my character. Please show up. Please, please, please. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Bill, Bill, it's Bill Burns. <laughs> Barons out there. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. If Bill, if Bill Barron- Jones, I don't care. You know, I actually reached out to a couple of different people trying to get them to come on tonight, and I couldn't get anyone to uh, confirm. So that's why we're, we are talking about power. But um, this was a – I mean, look, it wasn't a bad episode if you were watching it. Uh, the, the wrestling was good. Some of the storylines, some of the booking was a little bit off as far as I'm concerned. But for the most part, it was a good show. It started off with Jack Stane and Carnage uh, kicking off the uh, this week's power uh, a lot of manager involvement with Aaron Stevens, which is weird because, you know, Chris Silvio's out there with Jack Zane. That's he is the Savages manager. He's out there and he really didn't get involved. It was all Stevens kind of doing the underhanded tactics and in the ring. The match went back and forth. And I mean, we got a, a pretty sweet power slam uh, when Jack's went to pop the trunk on uh, on on Carnage. Carnage picked him up and got him in a sweet power slam. You don't really see Jack Stane thrown across the ring like that. Not very often. But then the action would spill outside the ring. Stevens ends up hitting Jack Stane with that loaded glove. Jack, as we've seen in the past, has kind of a glass jaw, to be honest. I mean, you know, he got knocked out by uh, what? He got knocked out by Slice Boogie a few years ago on the outside of the ring, if I, if memory serves me. And, ring, uh, yes. What's that? The ring apron. It was the ring apron? There was one time he was pulled from the ring, and so he hit the ring apron. And, and he, he was, was out. out. And he was out, like, for 15 minutes. And then I swear, somebody at the other wrestling promotions actually watched. Because, like, for the next four weeks, people were getting pulled off the thing and hit their head on the ring apron. And, you know, would kind of do that drunk person stumble. And then after about a minute be fine. Well, it is the hardest part of the ring. That's what uh, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross and Michael Cole have always told me. So, um, but anyways, uh, so the, the referee counts out Jack Stane. Carnage gets the victory here. Um, the, you know, post-match uh, stare down between Jacks and Tim Storm could be leading to something, uh, you know, as of right now, Jack Stane isn't booked for either night of the 75th anniversary show. We know that uh, Carnage will be uh, in a tag team world title match on night one. Um, I kind of feel like if I'm going to throw my own notes on this, I felt like they made a mistake. I think Carnage should have went over cleanly without Aaron Stevens using that loaded glove because 
basically, as of this point right now, Jack Stane doesn't have a match for 75. And if they're going to build towards Tim Storm versus Jack Stane, that's fine. I'm okay with that. In fact, I would like to see it. But Carnage has got a big world, a world title opportunity, world tag team match. And I feel like, yes, he got the victory, but he didn't get the victory in a strong way. You know what I'm saying, DKM? Like he 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 won the match, kudos, but it was another Aaron Stevens involved uh victory. And if you're gonna go into that match at 75 when theoretically Vampiro, who doesn't mind getting involved in the ring, will probably be there. And Aaron Stevens, who doesn't mind getting involved in the match, will be there. I feel like that's gonna be a you know, they're gonna cancel each other out. Could have given Carnage a victory here. He had to look strong. DK, your thoughts? Uh, it was bizarre because you know you're mentioning Chris Silvio's out there. Yeah, it and, didn't do nothing. And yeah, I was gonna say he's not unknown to get involved in matches, and it was just like he didn't do anything. He didn't get in Stevens' face. There was no, you know. Hell, he didn't even try to take liberty with uh, Carnage when the referee was counting out uh, Jacks. You know, right? It it was just again. I, I don't know who put that match together, but it didn't make a lot of sense. So I'm I'm sorry to whoever put it together, but if you're gonna have if you're gonna have the manager out there, then you shouldn't have two managers with one interfering and the other one not. Especially when they're both heels. Yeah. yeah, especially when they're both heels. Because we know Billy loves heel versus heel. So I don't know what kind of fetish that is for him, but he, he likes it. Well, well, maybe he likes to wear heels. The, the, the ironic thing about this is just a few weeks ago, uh, and you could still find the articles online all over the place, um, Trevor Murdoch did an interview and he said that, you know, the NWA is going to have more clearly defined heroes and villains on their programming. And it's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Since when? That's one of, that's been a hallmark of this lightning one era is that, you know, the, there is no black versus white. It's just all a varying degree of gray. There's not well-defined heroes. You know, show me the guy who hasn't cheated in his match. Show me a guy who hasn't taken a shortcut. I don't think there's a single person on the roster. Well, not only that, but someone can be a well-defined heel for four weeks yeah. and then suddenly be a face. For no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, just... Inconsistency. You know, all of a sudden, he's wrestling another heel, and so the other heel acts more heelish than him, and so now he's a face. Yeah. And Otison's one of the people we've kind of seen that with. Um, but we get... Kind of we kind of saw that with Kratos too. It's just like, okay. There's no consistency in the booking and that's problematic. Um, next. You up, know where you don't see that daredevil, Dave doll. He's unlikable and he'll never change. That is true. Um, it's funny. Uh, next up, we've got Murnox taking on rush Jones. And I believe it was pronounced Shafe. And now this is a tag team. I believe they're from the independents uh, in the Chicago area. New to the NWA. It's the first time we are seeing them. And these dudes are bad dudes. Like, I was kind of surprised that this is the matchup you give to Murnox leading up to the 75th. At this point, Murnox has already punched their ticket. This should be smooth sailing from here on out. But they put him in the ring with two, two ruffians, some rapscallions, if you will. Two guys that were bad dudes. And this uh, quickly became like a hoss fight, maybe even uh, as they said on the broadcast, like a barroom brawl. Uh, it was a it, again another back and forth match where I think at this point I want to see Murnox just run people over. Uh, this is a it, it's an interesting dichotomy if this is a tag team that has some long term staying power with the NWA. Then great, give them these opportunities, help build them up right now. A loss to Murnox doesn't hurt them. If you lose to the the, the uh, Crockett Cup champions, that's not it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, especially if you have a match where you look strong in, in, up against them. But uh, this match, again, I felt like it was pretty evenly booked, and uh, they looked really credible against the Crockett Cup champions. Murnox get that victory when they go high-low. 
Uh, I felt like at any moment Murdoch uh, could change the switch. You know, I feel like he could have gotten a little bit more aggressive in the ring, but uh, the match itself was was good. Um, I, I just think if, if I was booking this show, DKM, I think I would have had an easier matchup for Murnox. One of the things that I've noticed in the booking is that when they use local talent, who normally is part of some promotion in the area, and we saw this when we were in New Orleans, is that they give the local talent a lot. And it's like, okay, I sort of understand you don't want to just go in and destroy them. Yeah. But the problem is nobody knows who this local talent is. And so if you're going to have the local talent be competitive with someone, then that's who should have been in the ring with the U.S. Tag Team Champions. Uh, Knox and Murdoch, and we talked about this with Camille, before Camille won the title. We said that her TV appearances should be short and destructive. Yes. And right now with Murdoch's, that's what we need. Short and destructive. Now, none of the matches were that long on the show. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah, I mean, this should have been just a two-minute mauling. Yeah. And, and if they don't want to do that with, uh, uh, with Jones and... Shafe or Shaft or or uh, let's call the whole thing off, then again, then you put those two in the ring with somebody different and you give Knox and Murdoch a couple guys, you know, give them Rolando and anybody. Yeah. Rolando. And, you know, you just dominate them and you're done. So, yeah, I mean, I see what you're saying. The I, I don't necessarily have a problem that there was a good match on the show or an even match with some local. <laughs> yes, but uh, you're right. I mean, I mean, the match was, I mean, okay. as I so often say, in isolation, the match was good. Yeah. I just don't know that it was the right match to have. And, and these are the things where, uh, you don't have to call in this time, Dave, but, you know, these are the things where it's like, are you sure they got a plan? You know, Dave says there was a plan going into every taping, but you know that's been a long time since Dave was part of the NWA. Now, I, and now I'm just not so sure. Jayden, May I speak I, on this? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, just because they have a Maybe plan not. Tonight doesn't mean they had a doesn't mean it in any way matches up to the plan they had last week, or you know, whatever, or last time they did tapings. First of all, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Mike Tyson said but, that. Yeah. But um. There's a difference between, and, and wrestlers nowadays need to learn this, there's a difference between putting on a good match on television and putting on a match to get you over as a star. This was might have been a good match, but it didn't get Murnox over as stars. It didn't make them seem like something that can draw money. Often, good matches on television between somebody you've never heard of and a star, all that does is lower the quality of what the star looks like. Because here's somebody with no build-up, no name, that you have no uh, plans for in the future, going one-on-one -on -one competitive with the guy that's supposed to be one of your top people, it, it gets them under, not over. So people and promoters and bookers and producers and rock stars with a lot of money need to realize there's a really big difference in trying to get somebody over as a star on television and then just putting on random shit just because you can yeah, this goes back to something Lance Storm once said when he was uh, talking to, he said it many times, but I remember specifically one time when he was talking to Jim Cornette. He was talking about how in ECW, you know, they didn't care. Everybody was going to go out and have the best match that they could possibly have. When in, in, when in wrestling, that's not the way it was actually set up. That's not the way the rules were supposed to be. And, uh, and he goes, you know, we, he goes, we broke all the rules, and then we found out why there were rules. And there's a famous story that Ole Anderson tells of uh, working with uh, Tony Atlas 
where he brings Tony Atlas in, you know, it's this big, strong guy and takes all this time building up, you know, Tony's going to bench press 500 pounds and, you know, first the weights are, you know, there by the door and later they move them up by the ring and everything like that. And, you know, the first time Tony's just looking at it and, you know, so finally after, you know, three or four weeks of build, Tony Atlas goes and he bench presses 500 pounds and then they put him in a match. And Tony goes out and has a really good match with this guy. And Ole Anderson is pissed off. Because he goes, I spent five weeks building you up as this rough and tough, strong guy. (laughs) And you go out and have a match where you're competitive with an undercard dude. He goes, you were supposed to wreck him. You know, this back when wrestlers had more control over what went on in the ring. Yeah. He goes, and Ole Anderson goes, what can I do with you now? So Ole Anderson sent him to another promotion. You know, called, you know, called one of the other promotions and said, you're going to have to take him for a while because I can't use him now. You're no good to me now. Yeah. And so, and so you know, the, these are the things. You know, there's there's a reason all those old things worked and worked for so long, and why people who go, oh, you just don't like new wrestling, so because oh, it's stupid. I don't mind all the you know necessarily some of the in ring stuff, but you know, the the storytelling in the ring is what's important. And yeah, a team like Murdoch should be running over people not having competitive matches with them. What else happened? I'm glad you asked. Uh, Next up we have... um, I was hoping you forgot. (laughs) This is actually... uh, So, DK said it just a few minutes ago, in a vacuum, this was a good match. That's kind of how I felt about this show. There's a lot of good things in a vacuum, but then other things seem to be kind of dumb. And I never like to, to poo-poo on a former guest, a friend of the show, because I really do like Mims. I, I think Mims has a lot of potential that still has been unrealized by the NWA. But in a promo like this, I think it does more to hurt you than it does to help you. Um, the interview starts off with May Valentine asking uh, Mims, like, did he see what happened earlier with the matchup between Carnage and Jack Stane. And Mims goes on this tangent calling the Savages evil, calling Chris Silvio evil. And as we just watched the match like five minutes ago, there was no evil going on. There was there was nothing evil about this match. It was it was a, a typical wrestling match. There's nothing evil, nothing bad happened. And so, like, it just kind of made me think, like, what is he talking about? And if this was foreshadowing for his match, like, someone else should have been saying this about Chris Silvio, not Mims, because nothing leading up to this match made Chris Silvio evil. And in all honesty, nothing in the match following made Chris Silvio evil. Uh, it just, it was a dumb promo. Mims starts talking about how he believes in himself and, you know, he's he never quits. He's big, strong Mims because he's got a big, strong heart. This is all fine. This is all good. But ultimately, this promo, it just, it makes Mims seem like a little bit of a buffoon. And I I like Mims. But a promo like this, it just, it didn't even reflect what happened in the ring. And Jade Knight, you know, I know that you've helped out with producing pro wrestling. Um, Does this feel like out of place to you? or, Or is this just, am I looking too much into it? They either didn't give Mims any true direction on what he needs to say, or they give him gave him what they want to happen in the future, but actually hasn't happened yet. That happens sometimes with television where things are recorded out of sync or things miscommunications happen where stuff that was supposed to happen got changed and they didn't get to the other person in the in the television. Uh, field like the the other talent that that would happen so and 
it, it also just could have been said like, hey, we need to, here's a promo, talk about Silvio. And that's all they said without giving him any, again, direction whatsoever on how to do it. So it may not be Mim's fault. It just might be poor uh, directing, poor communication, or just poor planning. But either way, it doesn't sound like it was something that was done right for television. Television. I keep saying this, and I'm sure Mr. Marquez and anybody else in television will agree. Television time is very valuable, even if it's YouTube time. You only have so much time to grab attention. If the show's an hour, half hour, whatever, people want to watch and get as much out of that as possible while you have their attention. If this didn't make any money, then this didn't make any sense. So if you're not, if they don't have direction, if he's not there to further the storylines, further the personal grudges, or to somehow foreshadow something coming intelligently, then it shouldn't have never happened. It was just a waste. It was just a promo put in for promo sake. Yeah. And look, and, and uh, James says he has a heart of a lion. Like, look, I, I feel like, again, Mims has this ton of potential. I think there's a lot of upside, even after a promo like that. Like, I don't, I don't think it ruins him as a character or anything. I just feel like let's 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 make Mims great again. Let's go back to the roots. Let's put him in a, a position where he can be successful. You know, if it wasn't under the mentorship of the Pope, it sure as hell isn't going to be under the mentorship of Dax Draper. You know, maybe let's start over. Let's let's rebuild him. Let's make him stronger, faster, better. I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't really dig this part. Yes, the um, six million dollar Mims. Let's do. Let's go with that. There, there it is. I, I'm all right with that. So then, then we get the match. Blake Troop. Uh, this match again in a vacuum is a pretty good match, and it it it, it kind of tells the story of wrestling hurt. In fact, uh, where Mims is supposed to be the babyface, you know, typical babyface behavior. You don't go after your opponent's injury, but he was. He was putting a bear hug on Blake Troop, who's got injured ribs. And although that is a, you know, a competitive, you know, the sign of a true competitor being a tactician in the ring, that's not typical babyface behavior. So when he was going after the, the ribs, I, I kind of felt like, wow, that's that's a little bold, Mims. Um, so they went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, but the story was like Mims was going after uh, the ribs of Blake Troop. And then Blake was going after the knee of Mims, where he locked on his his figure four leg lock, which was pretty cool. It looked more like a submission hold than a, than a traditional figure four leg lock. Um, Mims was able to get to break the hold once, but he wasn't able to break the hold twice. He held onto it a little bit longer after the bell rang, uh, and they kind of blew it out of proportion. Like, oh, they have to rush him to the hospital. I don't know. I, I just felt like that was kind of weird. We don't know of a pre-existing injury from him, so why would this leg lock be so detrimental to him? Uh, DK, you watched the match. What did you think? Uh, well, I mean, you nailed it in a in a vacuum. It was a it was actually an enjoyable match, as far as I was concerned. Uh, did it make sense with the world around us? Was the injury angle a little bit overdone? Yeah, especially since Mims has already been uh, had a couple of injury angles. Yeah. And so... I, How many times can you cry wolf? Yeah, yeah, I mean, just, you know, unless he's really injured, then this becomes, well, why do you need, need to keep doing it? You know, Tyrus hurt his arm or shoulder that one time, and I I'm thinking something else happened. I have this memory of him being injured another time. And so it's just one of those. I don't get it. I mean, I, I, the law of diminishing returns. Yes. You do the same thing over and over and over again. It becomes less and less and less effective. And especially since they kept giving us updates throughout the show. Yeah. You know, it's like they're trying to make it very dramatic. But I don't feel it came across as very dramatic. And did it anyway get Goof Troop over? Um, I don't feel like it got Blake over any more than he already was. I, I felt like all it did was 
remind you that, hey, this dude is a, a mixed martial artist. You know, I don't feel like it made him any better or any worse. DK, did you, do you think it made him any better or any worse? No, not particularly. Now, I have a question for you guys because uh, Troop isn't smooth in the ring. No, still very green. And part of it, part of it you can latch on to the coming from MMA. MMA is not a smooth thing. And so part of it can be part of a gimmick. Well, he's not smooth because he's an MMA fighter. But at what point, at what point and how smooth does he have to get? He can't stay where he's currently. Well, a steel sharpens steel. He needs to get out there and get more practice. Um, amateur wrestlers who come from high-level amateur wrestling, with the exception of Kurt Angle, also really had this problem where they were stiff and they were moving, used to moving people around, not having them, not guiding them around. They were physically moving them around. And that's why a lot of amateur wrestlers it, that got into professional wrestling didn't have the best professional wrestling careers. Again, there's are, there are exceptions, the Briscoes and later Brock Lesnar. But again, if you watch early Brock, he was, he was like watching, it was like wrestling against a brick wall. You know, he was, everything he did was uh, like a center block. Where would you put the Steiners in there? The Steiners, um, they were real collegiate amateur wrestlers, but they well, they were stiff as bricks too. I guess everything they did was stiff, but they weren't they weren't stiff looking in the ring. They just were stiff, damaging in the ring. <laughs> but still, like it, it, I think Jim Cornette said it best when it came to the Steiners, it didn't matter if you didn't want to go where they were going; they were putting you there. You know, but and they had the size to do it. <laughs> yeah. Say what you will about Rick Steiner and his uh, beliefs about gender. Um, <laughs> that man was stronger than an ox. You know, he had gorilla strength. And Scott was actually, even though he was bigger, a lot of people say that, that Rick was actually the stronger of the two. I can um, see. Yeah. But they they were just unnaturally powerful. And that wrestling can do that for you, too. Real quick because you brought it up when I was a kid and this was going back to early nineties when they, when they debuted. Cause I remember Rick as part of the varsity club and the whole thing with woman and all that. I, when, when Scott debuted, I always thought Rick was the bigger of the two. Then they disappeared for a while and came back and Scott was much, much bigger. Do you, am I remembering that correctly or am I crazy in that? Nineties, early nineties, WCW, Steiners were jacked as hell, but Rick was definitely the bigger of the two. Coming back from the WWF, um, I can definitely say Big Pop Pump had the hookup. Holla if you hear me. I hear you all right. I hear you. And, of course, when, by the time he grew the goatee, he was very yeah. unnaturally huge. He was gassed to the gills. Just Literally. say it. It's all right. I don't think it's called defamation if it's true. Um, okay, so that brings us to the next uh, the next promo. Now this was this wasn't bad. This was horseshit. This was terrible. Um, and again, who do you blame here? Do you blame the talent for not being prepared? Do you blame the producers for putting the talent in a position that they can't succeed? I don't know. But Eric Jackson is cutting a promo, and it's the worst effing promo I've ever heard in the NWA. Um, so May says, hey, you have a big tag team match next week where you and a special partner take on uh, uh, fodder and a special partner. And it didn't really specify who their partners were. And why are they getting special partners? Right. Right. What, that what benefit what money-making ability does that have that anybody's dying to see this feud start continue, let alone start, with special partners to add to it? Yeah. Um, so then let me just finish. So Yes, James X. Jackson, I blame you. It's 100% your fault. 
so then so then fodder comes in and maybe he's trying to save the promo anyway, eric jackson starts saying yeah I, i've done some research on my partner robert anthony he's trained so and before you can even finish the words uh you know you've got fodder coming in with the uh psycho girl uh, angelina Val, uh valentine and it was just uh love angelina Angel- love. sorry angelina love excuse me um it just uh it was kind of pointless kind of dumb and it sounds like he's trying to be like keith ledger joker which i mean that's fine i i don't think i've really heard fodder on the mic very much before so this is probably the most i've heard him on the mic in fact i think they did this all wrong i think Eric Jackson should have given any mic time and it should have been fodder talking about this because you could have at least had uh, fodder trying to be uh, the Joker with, with uh, Angelina and and they could have done something a little bit more interesting than what we got. This is a whole waste of time. DK, please tell me you you agree. Well, the first thing I'll tell you is unfortunately, unlike as a habit of mine, I did not fast forward through this because it was kind of like a car wreck and you just couldn't turn away from it. And you kept thinking there's gotta be, there's gotta be more to it than what I'm seeing right here. Yeah. There's gotta be a reason behind this. And, uh, you know, there wasn't, and it was bad. (laughs) It was awful. I mean, just, I mean, I'm and, who do you blame for this? Uh, you blame the people that put it on. I mean, right. that's that's the way this works. Somebody recorded recorded this, and I realized they kind of do live to tape, but they shouldn't when in some of these segments. Was this in the back? Was this in front of an audience? No, it was in the back. It was with May Valentine in the back. Yeah. Then it didn't. It could have been reshot. It should have been reshot. But now, for some. For some reason, apparently Billy doesn't like to reshoot them. He wants he wants them to like live or die by it. Which I, I mean, look, I could get that if you're a live company, but like you're not. But then also on the flip side too, you know, not that I'm trying to give Billy any slack here, but like they had a one taping or two tapings in one day, so they needed to get stuff done as quickly as possible. But they could have done reshoots. There's green screens for crying out loud. There's there's ways to make this work. This definitely wasn't one of them. Or and when it's bad, just cut it. Yeah. Give me go. Give me an Austin Idol commercial. Go get one of those out of the can. Because this this did nothing to advance my caring about either one of these two. And and I don't even know who Fodder's tag team partner is. They said it. But I don't know who it was. And it, it's so, yeah, I'm really curious on Jackson's. That's a, that's an interesting name they used. Robert Anthony? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Cat's kind of out of the bag, but Robert Anthony is actively on the roster now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then that takes us to the next match. Which uh, I affectionately refer to this tag team as the Goldenson. Goldenson taking on the Cunt Gents. It was a non-title match. Uh, the Country Gentlemen. I don't think you can say that and keep your monetized. Stay I'm I'm abbreviating. I'm abbreviating the word country. Yeah, I don't think you can do it that way. Did you not hear yourself? No, I think it's funnier each time I look at the camera with a blank expression. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, so this match, again, not a bad match. Actually, I kind of enjoyed it, which is weird because, um, I, you know, I don't like throwing together tag teams. That's kind of a pet peeve for mine. There's enough people on the roster that you can come up with a tag team. I know Kratos was hurt in New Japan. Kratos was in New Japan on July 4th as part of their big show uh, and, and wasn't able to make it uh, in time for the show to get medically cleared and all that stuff. He got busted open pretty bad in, in New Japan. Okay, so then that brings us... Well, we lost Jaden. Uh, that brings us to the Country Gentlemen. Uh, again, non-title match. They come out, and the Country Gentlemen have metamorphosized over the last few months. Uh, it started off with uh, 
you know, AJ Kazana, who is uh, from, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, coming out with a cowboy hat. Okay. All right. I'm good with that. He full on fledges cosplaying as, 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 you know, Terry Funk and his run in the WWE. Uh, DK said offline more like Jimmy Jack Funk. But yeah, the, you get what I'm saying. He looked a little out of place. It, it, it looked different. And I don't mind it, honestly. It just, it, it, why he was fine with the way he is. You're trying to make him more of a, a Texas gentleman than a Southern gentleman. And I don't know if I understand the reasoning behind that. Um, another good match where there's a lot of back and forth. Um, I really feel like Jordan Clearwater was working, had his working boots on because he was doing a very good job of teaming with Odinson. Uh, it seemed like they had teamed together more than once because they were kind of on the same page. Although it was uh, a lot of, oh, there we go. Sorry, I thought, thought my camera went out. Uh, a lot of good back and forth in this matchup. Um, clean victory for for the the, the uh, Golden Sons. And uh, I like this match, but I, I feel like what are you what seeds are you planting, Billy? That your U.S. Tag Team Champions who lost at the Crockett Cup, obviously that they didn't win it, and now losing to a makeshift tag team. I mean, what? What precedent are you setting up for the 75th? I know they don't have opponents quite announced yet, but DK, your thoughts? Well, we know Billy hates tag teams, and this kind of showed it. Uh, in isolation, I still didn't like this match. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hate it. Okay. I was more indifferent to it. And sometimes indifference is worse. And... But yeah, I didn't get, especially since it was a makeshift tag team. It was like they had a plan to put Otison and and Kratos over, and it's like, oh, Kratos is hurt. Well, okay, we'll just put someone else in there, randomly, but they're still going to go over. It's like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe you make an audible there and change it. But yeah, you know. Billy's dislike of tag teams. We've seen the World Tag Team Champions lose a Crockett Cup. Yeah. The U.S. Tag Team Champions lose a Crockett Cup. And then in the set of tapings, both have lost. And not only have both lost, but both lost to teams that they shouldn't have. Agreed. And so... And then you wonder why it's hard to, you know, talk about their tag team situation and everything because it's like, you know, this is why you need a team like Murlocks because they could have good tag team matches with some teams and then clobber all the others. And then you're, then they're believable as top guys. But, you know, now we've got both of your champions have lost non-title matches that they shouldn't have lost. And I don't know. It just it doesn't make sense to me. And so, I mean, I can only chalk this up as, you know, the Billy Hayes tag team things. Yeah. And, and before anyone from NWA or former NWA associates starts messaging Jay going, Billy has deep respect for uh tag teams. And it doesn't come through. I'm sorry. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't humor that conversation. I mean I mean just like Marquez said, oh they have plans. They have plans. Well it doesn't come across. <laughs> Let's see. Uh the end gone, right? Um they ended them? They ended the end. That was good. At the, in the end, they ended the end. The War Kings, gone. Split. Um, now, obviously, uh, they were a makeshift tag team, but Kratos and Stevens, done. Right? Right. Um, it's too early to say Kratos and Odinson, but seemingly done. Um, Clearwater. Go ahead. Latimer and Adonis. Yeah. But they see they didn't end on a, a negative note though. Like they weren't split up. They just started 
pursuing other things. When all this left, he kind of took the strictly business thing with him. Well, what about uh, then? What about uh, uh, Latimer and Royce Isaacs? I see, and I don't blame I don't blame Billy for that either because Isaacs uh, took better opportunities to go elsewhere. Apparently, just nobody wants a team with Latimer. There might be some truth to that. Uh, next up, we get May Valentine in the back with Dak Draper. One thing I did notice this week is no uh, no backstage segments with uh, with uh, um, Kyle, Kyle Davis. Davis. Yes, thank you, Kyle Davis. Um, and Dak Draper's on his phone. He's texting the hospital. He's messaging to make sure that that his boy. Uh, Mims gets the best care he can. This felt very disingenuine and very artificial, which also makes me feel like maybe this is a plan going forward that maybe maybe Dax kind of greased the palm of Blake Bulletproof Troop to hurt Mims. I mean, that's, maybe that's a way they're going to build that storyline and break up that tag team. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it just felt very disingenuous. But then he mentioned that he's going to go out there. He's got opportunity to wrestle Chris Adonis next week. And I think this might be a national title qualifying match or something. DK, what did you think of this promo? Did you watch this one? I did. Again, I'm not sure why I didn't fast forward. Uh, yeah. Uh, Draper came across as heelish. Yeah, very much so, right? And so there was, you know, they've already suggested there's friction between the two, that they don't agree on things and everything like that. So, and we know Billy loves to split up tag teams. He, he likes to put tag teams together so he can split them up. I mean, you know, so I'm assuming that I'm assuming that's where they're going. I hope every Crockett Cup tag team next year breaks up after they after they wrestle. Yeah, and the, yeah, you're you're predicting the future here. Make it a 32 team uh, match. Have like a six hour pre show, and every single tag team breaks up, especially the winners. All right, before I get to the main event, because you said the magic word pre show, I know that we are now at. July 27th as we're recording this, which means there's less than a month between now and the 75th anniversary show. I know for a fact that uh, the Boca Raton show was, uh, well, I don't know for a fact. I have it on high authority that the Boca Raton show was taped for a distribution later. And I know that the, uh, the HB Cares for Cooper charity event was also taped for later distribution. We also know that there will be four events uh, mixed in with the Smashing Pumpkins, the world is a vampire tour that the NWA will be on tour with Smashing Pumpkins. We know that's August. I, I think it's August 17th, 18th, 19th and 22nd. Basically there's, there's a uh, two dates in Florida, Tampa and uh, Oh, I have it written down here. I'll just look at the notes. That would be the smart thing. Huntsville, Alabama, West Palm Beach, Florida, Tampa, Florida, and Charlotte, August 17th, 19th, 2022. My question for both of you and those of you who are watching in the chat. No, you, I won't be attending. Do you think those events will be recorded for distribution on power? And do you think we will see those, any of those combination events, both, the world is a vampire and um, the Boca Raton and HP cares for Cooper. Do we think that we'll see those matches before the 75th anniversary show? No and no. Uh, yes. I think the shows will be recorded. No, I don't think we'll see them before the 75th. I, If I can be honest, I'm not please. quite. I'm not quite. No, please sure. be a liar and make it sound great. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll take Jason's thing. No, I think it'll be wonderful. I think it makes perfect sense, and I think that it'll really clarify things, and it make 
you know, it's the most wonderful idea that's ever been had by mankind. But the reality is totally out of this. But the reality is I'm not sure why they recorded some of the stuff because it doesn't mesh in well with you know where they put it when they're showing it. It's just I mean it comes across very obvious. Well, we don't have any other content. So here, let's show you this stuff we recorded a month ago. Well, so so for HB Cares, HB Cares for Cooper, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, those matches did have uh, some implications uh, potentially for the Crockett, or I keep saying Crockett, for the 75th anniversary show. Um, you know, specifically if, you know, uh, with, uh, my brain's not working, with Tom Latimer having uh, defended the title both at the HB Cares for Cooper um, defeating Jay Bradley on that show and then defeating N- Nanoa Kokoa at the Boca Raton show. I mean, both of those have implications for 75th if they choose to air it that way. If they don't choose to air it that way, then it feels like those matches are way out of place coming after the Crockett Cup. Uh, because, like, uh, look, here, here, I'll, I'll just go through the card real quick if you guys don't uh, don't mind. Um, the two okay. shows that have already happened, um, you know, you had uh, at the Boca, Raco- Boca, Ra- Boca Raton Championship Wrestling, uh, you had Knox and Murdoch defeat the Island Kings. You had uh, Joe Alonzo lose a match to Cha-Cha Charlie. Tom Latimer defended his a world title, a TV title against uh, Noah Kakoa. Cesar Bononi showed up. Um Cesar Benoit, you guys might see him in AEW. Pretty Empowered was there. Um, Silas Mason loses an all-star title match. Kerry Morton has a successful title defense. Um, then the HP cares for Cooper. Fodder uh, wins a match against Eric Jackson and gags the Gimp. Ruthie J defeats Angelina Love. You know, maybe I shouldn't be giving all these results out. Anyways, um, the Country Gentlemen defend the tag titles against the Savages. M95 uh, defend the titles against Pretty Empowered. Hell, even EC3 defended the national title against Jordan Clearwater. That match right now seems irrelevant because they didn't, uh, you know, he's no longer the national champion. I feel like they, they really missed the ball on that. They could have had that national title match on power before he relinquished the title, you know? Well, that's, I mean, look, even in their, we talked about this with some of their episodes and already is that a lot of things seem to be presented out of order. Yeah. You know, we have the Southern six talking together, but then when the mat, the match between Thrillville and EC3 happens, he's out there with Poyo and there's no sign of the Southern six. Uh, Again, they talk about the greatness of the Southern Six. Then they put uh, Alex Taylor out with just Danny Deals, and he loses. Yeah. And, you know, nobody's there, and there's nobody help. There's no beatdown afterwards. You know, and it's just like, uh, what's going on? And so it's... It's like this group came together in in Australia and they haven't figured out the right way to introduce them yet in the US because they're doing whatever whatever either whatever they had planned if they plan anything or their plans just don't match up which boy I tend to think and so it just it doesn't work and, you know, they've done this before where they, you know, when they had that one tournament where they announced basically who was in the finals before yeah. they finished showing the tournament, <laughs> yeah. you know, on the show. And it's just. And nobody got fired for that. Not that I know of. Well, it, it was That's just, because they didn't make any chicken jokes. Aww. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. And so, anyway, 
I don't know. What else happened on the show, Jay? Did anything else happen? So then we get the main event of Kerry Morton defending his World Junior Heavyweight title against Matt Vine. Most recently, we've seen Matt Vine being kind of a sidekick with the uh, the fixers. Um, the match was actually pretty good. I didn't see a whole lot of, or I didn't see any outside interference. Ricky Morton didn't show up. It was a it was a regular straight up title match, and and Kerry looked good. Matt Vine looked good. Um, again, I, I, I say this in a vacuum. This was a fine match. No sign of the Southern Six. No Alex Taylor. No Silas Mason. It was a little weird knowing, again, just what you said, uh, how the Southern Six have been uh, presented on, on television thus far. Um, but I thought it was a fine match. Kerry Morton gets another feather in the cap, and that's how we end power. DK, what were your thoughts on this one? Yep, that ended power. You don't like it? Uh, okay, they're billing this as a world title match. So we don't know why Matt Vines is getting a world title match. It goes four minutes. It's that long. And like, there's no story set up from it. Two wrestlers had a match. It could have been for a title. It could have not been for a title. It wouldn't have made any difference. Yeah, it was a tomato can. It was yeah. a bum of the month. Kind of. I mean, the whole idea is that Matt Lyons kind of get picked on by the fixers. And, you know, they're not even out there to mock him afterwards. I, there wasn't a reason for the match. There certainly wasn't a reason for him to have a world title match. And then it wasn't like a nice, good, solid 10-minute match that, you know, you can go, hey, Vines look good or whatever. You know, Carrie's supposed to be more of the egotistical but somewhat chicken shit heel. And, yeah. You know, well, that didn't take place here either. So, yeah, no Southern Six, no fixers, no reason for this match to be a world title match. It should have just been an enhancement match for Kerry. I will say this, though. If it does, if this matchup here leads to a fixers versus Southern Six, now you're, now you're cooking. That's a lot of dreaming. I'm just saying, like, Silas Mason, uh, you know, thrill, thrill, uh, thrill riding, uh, uh, Jesus. Wrecking ball, wrecking ball. Thank you. I, that, I think that'd be fun to see. That's a if big. If you're gonna throw right anyone, please let him throw right, Ricky. Ricky Carey's manager, Carey's dad. Yes. <laughs> and with that, we're gonna end this night's episode of the Alliance Guys podcast. First, I want to say thanks to everyone who's been with us in the chat. Uh, you guys are much appreciated. If you haven't made your plans to do so yet, why don't you join us down in St. Louis uh, on the uh, on the twenty? What is it? Uh, 26th, 27th, 28th? I don't know. You guys have a calendar. You can look. Uh, I'm going to be down there on Friday night, the 25th. Uh, hope to meet some of you guys. Uh, do some uh, do some uh, sightseeing. Have some burgers, barbecues, booze, beer. All that good stuff. Um, I know that our pal Dave Scooby will be there. I know that Sam Retro in the chat's going to be there. I know Luthez will be there. Uh, I know uh, a couple other guys from uh, from our Discord are going to be there. You should be there too if you haven't already made your plans. Do so now. Uh, we'll nope. be there. What'd you say? Nope. Nope. I I do want to address uh, one thing from the chat. Uh, what would Luthez do? Says. You know, and I think talking about the taping, you know, you'll see a bunch of non-consequential uh, filler matches. James H. Jackson Jr. agrees. Seems to me it's filler for when they run out of content. Uh, unfortunately to me, that's what these TV tapings seem to be. I mean, they seem to be more filler matches than advancing any storyline matches so far. All right. Let's continue with the close of the show. Jaden, I know that uh, Dr. Lawrence Erconium has his uh, 
his paws on everything, if you will. What's going on with uh, Dog, and what's where can folks see them in action next? Well, we officially know what the cause for the pause is, because Dog will be taking part of pause for the cause on Friday evening, October sixth, in not so beautiful part of actually no it's a park so it's actually a really nice beautiful part of glassboro new jersey just not rustic at all not rustic. No. but it's actually going to be for the gloucester county animal shelter oh nice by raising money uh so we can help some this dog can help some dogs in need so dog is dogs helping dogs and that's what the world needs more of yeah it's a doggy dog world which by the way Never mind. Anyway, uh, um, so there is going to be. Yeah, I glad I I added in myself there. Be glad. Uh, there's going to be um, currently signed is WWGP Heavyweight Champion Chris Steeler. I like that guy. He's a good guy. I mean, not a nice guy, but he's a good wrestler. He's a very good wrestler. Yes, yes, he is. And he will be defending the WWGP Championship. The the dog tag team champions. Hatch and Vinny the Fixer, the old school empire, will be in action. I believe Ty Thomas is signed to be part of the card. Uh, Marvelous. He is um, taking the dog wrestling world by storm, and he is going to be part of it. There's going to be a lot of really good professional wrestlers, and of course, Daredevil Dave Dahl will be there. <laughs> awesome. It's a free uh, event, all, and it's going to be the all glorious wrestlers. What was that? They can't be all glorious and great wrestlers. Yes, we have to have somebody on there so they have a contrast, so they know what good wrestling looks like and what bad wrestling looks like. If you're all good, if you have everybody that's good, then nobody's good. That's why we have Dave Doll, so everybody looks better. And you can find out more about Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators by visiting their website, dogprowrestling.com. They're also on YouTube, and uh, just type in D-A-W-G on your social media. You can find them just about anywhere on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, for the meantime, are we calling Twitter X now? Is that the thing? I'm not. Okay, then find them on Twitter. Uh, DKM, if folks would like to follow you on the social medias, how do they do that? Get a wife. At DKM... FWTX, I think, on all major and a few minor social media platforms. If you want to make uh, DK less yelly yet cloudy, uh, send him videos of amateur wrestlers and people getting hurt. He seems to enjoy them. Especially when it's little kids. He definitely gets a kick out of that. There's quite a few in his uh, inbox when he gets a chance to check him out tonight. Yeah, I'm going to check him out. I sent one uh, really good uh, wrestling one. Two, I saw that late, one here. Two, two, uh, two ladies wrestling there. Better than most men. Real quick, DK, <laughs> I'm going to say this before well, we well, go. I got to tell the story first. Jaden sent me one of like, you know, a little two and a half year old, three year old wrestling with like his, you know, maybe six or seven year old big brother. And they do this lockup. And it was more convincing than what you'll see on almost all pro wrestling tv these days so it, it if you actually remember when wrestling was good go watch some amateur wrestling <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's still good they they wrestle six seven minutes and they there's more blood and guts and glory than anything you'll find on tv yep so guys make sure you check us out next week maybe maybe um Maybe we'll have a guest so it'll interfere so we don't have to listen, talk about power anymore. And if, if there's a wrestler out there that's watching this and would like to come on, please uh, slide in the DMs. We love to talk to you. Uh, I do have uh, Jarrell Clark, former NWA World Junior Heavyweight Champion, scheduled to be on. Uh, in, 450. Yeah. And uh, no, not 450. It was greater than 450. I think it was like 630. Mr. 1000, Jarrell Clark. We're going to keep him rotating. 
Uh, I'll have it right before he comes on the podcast, but uh, we'll be doing that on, uh, I believe, the second week of August, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we are having some feelers out there for more uh, talent to come on the show to talk some NWA, talk wrestling in general. So I hope you guys tune in for that. Uh, hey, we're, we, we've got content coming at you on all social medias, TikTok, Twitter, threads, Instagram, Facebook. The website's super active. Go check it out. Lamb just did a great interview with the Southern California talent, uh, Brandon Devine. Check that out uh, on uh, alliance-wrestling.com. And then Tuesday, we'll be here doing the pre-party. If you want to help support the show, uh, you can check out our uh, title sponsor, Dubby, as they are the ones that give us the uh, you know, the non-jitter energy drink. I highly recommend it, especially my favorite flavor is uh, the uh, Big Energy Tears. Um, no sugars. It's it's a delicious uh, replacement for your canned energy drinks. And then also we have T-shirts available on the uh, merch store. New shirts are coming in daily. We have a great new logo that features the Alliance mask. Uh, we'll debut that mask, that Lucha mask, at, at I say Crockett Company at the 75. So make sure you come out and uh, check out the Alliance. Buy a shirt if you want one. And uh, until next time, guys, we'll see you at the matches thanks for joining the stream this has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com we genuinely appreciate your support would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode i'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every tuesday at 5 p.m for nwa power you can find us on social media at the alliance blog and until next time we are the alliance